0: Hi, Hannah. Hey, Anna. Hey, so we've been talking about our identities as writers for a while now. I think it's time to do our podcast. That's a great idea, but what should we call it? Hmm. How about How about a play on the pen is mightier than the sword? Like, the pen is. That, that's it. The pen is.
1: The pen is so many things. It's scary, it's honest, it's funny, and the pen lets us explore what it means to be a work in progress.
0: And hey, Hannah, we are a work in progress.
1: You said it. Let's get started. Okay. Hello. You were confessing that you had your deep, dark confession that you had not read the piece that I Put up in our doc document like at the very last minute. So yeah. I am shocked <laughs> how much
0: time I gave you to read it. <laughs> I am truly horribly embarrassed by myself. And... As you should be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, well, you I have would... other other things going on, you know, wildfires making the outside an inferno and a child and you know all sorts of other other things going on everything's
0: fine you know the world is in perfect balance and my life is in perfect balance and you know when you said everything's fine you said
1: you reminded me so much you were like the personification of that that meme of the dog in the room that's burning <laughs> the and then drinking the coffee that is <laughs> Your everything's fine encompassed that
0: so well. <laughs> I that's the That image I had in my head when I said that. But did you <laughs> see the one where he's sitting with his coffee, but with toilet paper all over the room? When, <laughs> no. I, don't, I don't know if you get the reference because when the, the pandemic first started, you know, in February, everyone was going out and getting like taking all the toilet paper. Yes. In the beginning. So that was the meme that came out for that. <laughs> that one I really loved. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I love it I love it
1: um no that's totally fine you didn't get a chance to read my piece um I have even though you had actually finished yours on time and therefore I had plenty of time to read it I did not read it until after I had put mine in the document so I only read it uh last night I think
0: it was well good I'm glad that you had a chance to do that yeah um I don't even remember what I wrote. It's It's been a while, so it should be fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to take a minute and just read through yours right now? Or what would you like? How can we make this um, an enjoyable and effective and productive session for you?
0: So my prompt from you was to, um, let me just read exactly what it was so I have it right um write a dialogue it can be fiction or a memoir or a real situation or scenario and recreate what I what I think a dialogue would have been develop character voices um etc so um I mean we'll go more into my if I even recall (laughs) what went into this but I'll, I'll read it great okay I wish you wouldn't do that what that. What did I do? You sighed. I sighed? I I don't even remember doing it. Doesn't matter, you did it. And you didn't like it. No, I hated it with a fiery passion. How fiery? As fiery as the depths of hell, I felt it burning deep in my gut like those burning farts when you feel like your butthole's literally on fire. Why's that? Why's what? Why do I hate your sighing so much? No, no, I mean, I mean, yes, but no, why do buttholes burn like that? I don't know, cause your insides are dying? No, I thought it was more to do with caustic chemicals burning their way through your anus. Can't you just see it? Oh God, that's disgusting. It's true though, I mean, why else would it happen? You're deflecting. Deflecting your farts? No, God, Jesus, the whole reason we started this conversation, stay on track. So, no more burning buttholes? Seriously, stop. You hate my sighing. That's where we started this, and you haven't exactly told me why. I don't know. Oh, come on! You can't throw something at me like that and then retreat when I call you on it. Own it! Why don't you like my sighing I I feel like when you sigh like that, you're, you know, you're tired of me. Tired of you? In what way? I don't know. I just, I just feel like... Like you're disappointed in me all the time and that you have these non-verbals that are infuriatingly passive, and then I suddenly feel like I have to read into it to understand why you are so frustrated with me, and, and it's, it's it's not fair. Oh, I had no idea. Seriously, my size are just that, just, just size. Why do you feel like you need to read into it? Well, it always happens when we're talking about something that I'm interested in and that you don't agree with or aren't that interested in the subject. It's like you're obligated to hear me out, but are annoyed that you're obligated. Wow, I'm only partially following and I am engaged in listening. I, I'm rarely bored with you. Oh yeah, thanks dude. No, not like that. I, of course there are times when I don't follow you or aren't entirely enthusiastic about a conversation, but I never intentionally use sighs or groans or any other flippant nonverbals to passively express annoyance. Not even unintentionally. Now, now I might poke at you or rile you up, but that is purely out of love. Still eight years old, aren't you? Chronically. I'm sorry I snapped at you. I, I guess I'm feeling tender today, and I just want you to or your support, and I feel like everyone is pissed at me today, and I'm bleeding like a stuck horse, and I want to scream and cry and run around the neighborhood waving my arms about like a madwoman. I'd like to see that. You would. Come here. No, come closer, closer. I'm not gonna bite you. Not like last time, no. I just I just wanna feel you and tell you I love you. And I love you too. Jesus Christ, was that you? Guess my insides are dying. I preferred your sighing. I just
1: wanted to tell you that there were moments in that that it was very hard for me to keep silent and I should have used <laughs> the microphone to give me room to laugh. <laughs>
0: Um, good. I'm glad that you found that humorous. <laughs> Dear
1: God. <laughs> um, okay. So first, before anything else, I just want to say I really love this conversation. I felt like, so even before hearing you read it just now, I could definitely hear the two voices so clearly. Like you, I will say you have a talent for writing dialogue. Thank you. That's, that's encouraging. Yeah, no, it doesn't, it doesn't sound stilted or like, you know, in reading it with the voices in my mind, it just, it made sense what they were doing, you know? And then you were, when you were reading it just now, like with the exception of, you know, maybe a few tiny little like extra words or contractions here and there, um, it was exactly what you'd written. And it, it clearly, it sounds like a conversation, you know? It doesn't sound weird and stilted and awkward.
0: Good, well, thank you. I appreciate that, that feedback. Um, and I did notice while I was reading it that I was ad-libbing quite a bit. And I, I don't know if it was like because I was really trying to merge with like the moment in the scene, but I, I'm wondering how often I do that if I'm like um, reading scripts or something. I, I have a feeling I'd probably do that way more than I realize.
1: That would make sense, but again, like the changes that I noticed weren't so significant that it you know it rendered what I see on the page totally unrecognizable like the things that you were adding or changing were really minute and honestly the the one like the, I think the one thing I would change in this is just again to make some of those um like you are I am just make them contractions exactly yeah, real. Exactly. And that's what you were doing when you were speaking. Um, but other than that, yeah, like the, you know, occasionally you've added like an extra God or no or something here, but it really didn't change the, the definitely not the content, but even really not the structure that much, because it really, like I said, that your dialogue is very real.
0: Hmm. Yeah. that's like I said, that's encouraging to hear because I, um, I mean, I'm sure you're going to ask me questions about the writing of it, but like, um, I often feel like if I feel obligated to write a dialogue into something that like, I go to that place of kind of panic <laughs> of like, I don't know who these people actually are. And so I'm just going to throw words on the page and it sounds terrible and it sounds fake. But, um, you know, I think for this particular piece, well, why don't you ask me the questions first and we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we no. yeah. Okay,
1: so um, and I might go a little off script here, but we'll start at least with the the typical questions. What was the writing process like for you with this? Um, yeah, I'm not gonna you know ask the more specific questions. What was the writing process like for you?
0: Yeah, I was I was a bit nervous to do this just because like when you gave me that prompt last time, it was because of my challenge, like perceived challenges in writing dialogue where I felt um, uncertain or um, insecure in in what is written on the page and how to bring that to life. And so I didn't have anything in mind and then one evening I knew I needed to do this. I can't even remember when I did it. I don't know how close to our you know date that we usually do these um, talks was but I just decided to just do it instead of, I didn't have anything in mind like I had with the other stories. I sat down in front of my computer and literally just started typing. And there was, I didn't know who the people were. I didn't even know what the conversation was gonna be. But what I channeled, I feel like was often when I did a lot of acting classes and and experience in that realm, we would be given scripts just like this, where there was no, like, there was no um, blocking. There was no indication of who the characters were. It literally was just a blank script, not a blank script, but a just dialogue. And your exercise was to pair up with somebody and then create a scene out of just the words. And everybody would do that in the class and every scene would be drastically different, even though it was using the same words Um, And so that's what I decided I wanted to do because I didn't want like, like you had, when we talked about it, you had said, you you wanted it just to be dialogue, I think was what you had said. Mm -hmm. And so that's, I was like, well, how do I do something that's just dialogue that seems so dry? How do I do that? But then I remembered that exercise in acting class and recalled how um, easy it was to just take words and, and make a character out of that. So I literally sat down in front of my computer and wrote the first sentence. I wish you wouldn't do that. And it was like this improvational prompt of like, okay, what's happening here? How, and especially with improv, I think I also channeled what happens in improv, especially with Spolin. a lot of what that is about is, is the idea of yes and instead of no, but um, because if you are using the model of yes, and that means that the scene doesn't die, that it that it, it keeps growing and building and moving uh, and flowing. But if you throw a negative in there or if you throw, well, I'm stopping this, I'm blocking this, then the scene is done and, and it just hangs there lifeless. And so um, I literally, for the first 10 lines, had no idea where this was going, no idea who these people were, I kind of had after a while for maybe like the fifth line in that it was going to be a couple. It doesn't necessarily have to be a man and woman, but in my mind's eye, it was. Um, And, and I think after I started like realizing what it was that this couple was doing, like this dialogue between them, I really wanted to develop. um, I really love, I really love seeing dialogue in like TV shows or movies where they really capture a genuine relationship where it's not uh um you know cookie cutter it's it, it's it's funny because they have these little quips like like having a conversation while both of you are brushing your teeth in the bathroom like how quintessential is that to you know to really like bring in you know a scene with a couple and 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 show like okay these people have been together for a while And they're having like a heavy conversation while brushing their teeth. Like, how beautiful is that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, how genuine is that? And so I think I I wanted to capture a conversation between, um, you know, two partners who can have a really like more in-depth conversation, but also bring in humor to it because like that's, that's how I do it. I mean, that's my experience oftentimes is like. It's There's so many different levels to the conversation when you're having it, especially like a more heated one or a more emotional one with somebody that you know so well. I love that because I feel
1: like it's um, it's like the universal nature of it as a spectator or reader is in part because of its specificity. Right. Mm-hmm like by making it more focused and more like unique to a particular situation, whether it's brushing your teeth or talking about farts in the middle of a serious conversation, somehow making it more narrowly focused makes it more relatable to our universal experience.
0: Yeah, yeah. and that's the word I probably was trying to fish for was relatable. And, and obviously when you think about comedy most things that are comical need to be relatable to a person in one way or another in order for, you know, to find that sense of, of um, irony, you know, in it. Mm-hmm.
1: So um, I'm gonna go off script a little bit because I, I really enjoy hearing um, you bring in your previous experience with theater and specifically with improv and then with that dialogue um, exercise. Because, you know, it makes me, when you were talking about that, it really made me think so often people feel like they have to write about and from um, a place that they might not be super comfortable with, that might not be from their personal experience or history. But often successful writers will actually say, no, nope, it's, it's actually really a great thing when you write from, from what you know. Yeah, Um, And it sounds like you were able to kind of rediscover that with this dialogue exercise. How do you feel like that will then shape your comfort with and ability to write dialogue going forward?
0: Yeah, I think this particular exercise that you, you, you know, you gave me really helped open that, that door, not to something that I didn't know, but something that I did know and know well. Um, and it's it's more about, once again, getting into that certain headspace, that creative your creativity space and that flow that I know how to, to achieve, but I often can't if I'm feeling pressured or feeling discomfort in some way or um, somehow allow myself to, you know, get anxiety around doing something creative. And finding, like, pulling back from that fear-based place and going more into that grounded connectivity place um, it helps me remember that this comes through me. Like, I um, spent some time working through The Artist's Way, which is a... Um, it's kind of like a self-help book about how to, to find your creativity, basically. It's for anyone who... It considers themselves an artist whether it's it is an actor or a singer or a writer or whatever that is and it's and it's all about how to keep your creativity flow going and how much of that creativity is honestly and depending on like how you consider your spirituality honestly a lot of that creativity from my point of view is is tapped into my spiritual place and when this stuff comes out of me it often is not even necessarily from my brain. It's, it, it comes from somewhere else because I've somehow opened this, this door to the flow. And now when I'm thinking forward, when I want to create, um, especially in the guise of writing and in dialogue, um, how, what, where do I pull from the places that I know to create something that's real and genuine and moving uh, and relatable? And I think from here on out, the way I can do that is, is as if I'm putting myself in that scene, as if I am acting, as if I am reading from a script um, and to embody these characters physically, you know, not just, not just mentally. Um, And I was recalling back when I was a kid, I was, (laughs) you you probably have no doubt in your mind that I was a strange child. and I recall that I was often living in imaginary lands. And, you know, by the time I hit like when I was a teenager, I kind of brushed those things aside because, of course, that's childish and embarrassing. But if I think back onto when I was nine or 10 or even 11 years old or even younger than that, I would like go outside to my backyard and suddenly I would have a scene in my head and I would out loud speak dialogue between like two or more characters and just have this entire conversation (laughs) with myself. But like, as if I was embodying a new character, a new person and and the words would just come out and I would do that for hours. Um, But I never wrote anything down. However, I did have a lot of tapes and that I still have of like songs that I I was like creating on my own. But in order... But to circle back to your initial question, like this, this exercise has really helped me open to remember what I know and, and how, and how to tap into that really special place uh, where I can pull out meaningful and, and, and deep uh, ideas and thoughts and dialogue.
1: I just want to say, um, I feel like this is one of the reasons why we are friends because I definitely. Did the same sort of thing, luckily, often I had another person, particularly my one of my oldest friends, Joanna, to talk with. but we would also play like multiple characters each and uh, and yeah, definitely did the like sitting in my closet talking to myself, creating that world. so I love that we we've both had that experience in our childhood. Um, but I would ask do you uh, one thing I was thinking. Um, reading through this the fact that it's just dialogue not broken up with any other type of writing do you feel like it was a little easier to get into that flow and and if so um, how might that affect how you write dialogue that's not just pure dialogue in future writing prompts?
0: yeah I think it was easier because you know, when you're in conversation with somebody, you're not thinking about like. And then she laughed, ha ha ha. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she moved the, the the sheets just slightly because of her discomfort. You know, like you don't you don't <laughs> like you're you're actually doing those things. You're not thinking those things. And so, um, most you know, writing it. most of the time. The, the <laughs> might be time. <laughs> But when yeah, when I'm writing purely in, in that dialogue form, it, it was easier to just stick to it and and not have to worry about what the people are doing because like that's that's not the point. The point more is is in the words and the inflection and the emotions that are around what these words are happening. And you know, when I was thinking about the story I wrote last time and the dialogue I had in there, I definitely struggled quite a bit with that dialogue. Um, and I think it, it was a lot to do with having to add. The extra details to keep to keep the story moving in terms of of um, imagery and and understanding of of what you know not only what these characters are saying but also what they're physically doing so that you know it brings the story to life more. But you know I'm I'm now curious about how to play more with dialogue or having um, having like a whole page that is just dialogue and and not inserting. Um, extra imagery in there, you know, keeping it more simple, but then also maybe there is an exercise where I can do, write something like this and then go back and, and fill in with those, those, those details later. And so that the dialogue that I've written is a, is a little bit more organic and not chopped up by, um, by those other details. Mm -hmm.
1: Hmm, perhaps a writing prompt for sometime in the near future. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so what was challenging and what was enjoyable and did you find anything surprising um writing this to this prompt?
0: Um, I mean, I felt the whole thing was enjoyable the moment I started typing. The moment I I I dove into it and um, accepted what I was doing. I was in it. Like I never popped out, you know, I never kind of got stuck. I literally probably wrote this in 10 minutes, maybe 15, the entire thing, the entire thing. I don't know. Maybe afterward. Well, no, I read through it once and maybe made a couple edits and that was it. And then I didn't go back to it. Okay. Literally. It was just like a vomitus of, (laughs) of a moment. (laughs) Um, just spewed all over the page and I was like, cool, that felt good. It was like a, like a cathartic moment where I just was like, yeah, I came, I went, you know, like <laughs> <it was good." laughs> um, in terms of anything challenging there, you know, in, in the flow, I was in it the whole time. I didn't pop out necessarily. There were moments where I was like in my head, like, where am I going with this? Where am I going with this? You know? So there were like, moments of uncertainty within the piece. But I don't say that, yeah, I don't say that that was like a negative challenge. It was more of like, you know, creating a puzzle, you know, that kind of challenge where you're, you're motivated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was, there was challenging moments, I'll say that. And at the end, I think I was a little uncertain how to end it. Um, I wanted to just kind of break it off and just have an ending like, you know, a piece, like a theater piece. Um, and that's often how those scripts are ended. And so I kind of, um, I think I spent a little bit more time on the end trying to figure out how to just wrap it up. And I wanted it to be, like, I wanted it to have closure and, and to still have some humor in it. Um, and then something that I was, was surprised about was that I realized that this conversation in general probably was taken upon conversations in the past with Matt, my, you know, my, my husband. And, um, I think we've honestly have had conversations around like him sighing and me reading into it. And I think, so that was, I think that concept was taken from a real experience that I've had with, with Matt. Um, but I would not say at all that I've had this particular conversation with him. (laughs) This was, this was totally, um, created. Mm
1: -hmm. But there were seeds of, of your own experiences I think that's definitely, uh, I, I got that sense again, kind of going back to that, like universality in the like very particular, you know, yes. of it. Um, I could definitely like picture myself having this conversation with like my partner or yeah, with like, a, you know, a close enough friend or relative where you, you have those moments of like, being short with one another but also being vulnerable but then mixed in with that like you know kind of um bodily gag humor which I love so much um yeah it just it it very much felt like a familiar conversation
0: (laughs) I went the fart direction because of you
1: oh thank you I appreciate that a little love note (laughs) I was like I will just love this Uh uh-huh oh and I did (laughs) And I, yeah, and the ending was great. I mean, so, you know, in the span of what I'm going to look at this, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 lines, you have, you know, incredible vulnerability and emotional openness about, you know, why this person is feeling kind of, um, exposed and maybe at the end of the rope a little bit today Uh, Then you have that kind of intimacy of like, you know, the support from the other person saying, come closer. I just want to feel you and tell you I love you. And then that, that final moment of Jesus Christ, was that you, you know, and like referring back to the burning buttholes, which I just, it was the perfect ending. It was like the cherry on the, on the Sunday. Oh, good. (laughs) I preferred your sighing, you know, it's like, it just came back full circle in such a great way. Yeah, thank you.
0: You you never know when those kind of things are just going to fall flat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, you really have, you know, and again, I'm sure a lot of this speaks to your experience and talents as an actress, but I think you have um, a good feel for, I don't know if you'd still call it comic timing since it's writing, (laughs) Um, but, you know, understanding how to put things together to really evoke those um, emotions and reactions.
0: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, that you see that. Definitely.
1: Anything else that you want to share about writing this or about uh, questions or feedback or anything?
0: Um, I feel like we we summed it up pretty well. I, I'm still excited about the piece and excited for just the, the realization that I can do this. And I, I really appreciate your your feedback and your encouragement and and your genuine um, feelings around the piece. And so that that, like I said, is encouraging for me to to do it again.
1: Good, love to hear that. <laughs> so, would you like to continue doing something? Because I was thinking, you know, it might be good to kind of marry uh, your. You know this newfound sort of fluidity with writing dialogue, with then that format where it's mixed dialogue yeah. and description. Um, so you can, and it, it's up to you entirely what the t- it can be something totally new, or you can take um, you know something you've already done and and play with it a little bit. Um, but yeah, so to go back to again fiction. Um, you know, explicit fiction, but um, a combination of dialogue and, you know, explanation, expository text. nice word. Thank you. Next week, Hanna reads a short fiction piece she wrote from the perspective of an older woman reflecting on her past experiences and memories.
0: This podcast
1: has been another episode of The Pen Is, with your hosts Anna Bradley and Hannah Binder, and technical support provided by julie Enerson. Thanks, as always, for spending some time with us as we learn about ourselves as writers and humans. You can find new episodes weekly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. We love hearing from others about their own experiences with writing. Please feel free to email us at podcast at gmail.com. Until next week, keep that pen busy.